What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. I'm actually posting this podcast also on YouTube right now, so it's so weird recording this podcast intro now looking at myself filming on camera because I'm not used to it, but welcome back to the podcast. Today we are talking to Amber Scholes, who you guys are I'm sure are familiar with. She's already been on the podcast back in 2020, I believe, but she's grown a lot since then, as you guys will hear in this episode, and we talk about everything from college recruiting to her experience recovering from eating disorder and injury and you know where she's at now and how much better of a place that she's in. So you guys will love this episode. I'm sure of it. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you like today's episode or any of the episodes because it means so much to me and it helps me grow the podcast and also build the reputation of the podcast. So if these high-level guests see that you guys love the podcast, it makes them more inclined to come on and talk to me so that you guys can listen. So I hopefully that makes sense at all. Anyway, let's just get straight into today's episode. Amber is back on the podcast. I know so many people are going to be excited for this episode. I actually think that you are my most listened to episode ever. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that? I think you are. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. It was was kind of surprising to me. I was like, I mean, it's not that surprising. You (laughs) are like famous on the internet, but good duo too, to be honest, like us together, like that's a thing. We need to meet up and do some sort of collab. Honestly, I know. I know. We I are really on opposite coast though. I will say I will come to you. I, yeah. do, I, I will skip school and everything. I will full send it. Go over there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just come to California. I've got a nice couch. You can sleep on my couch. if you'd like. gl- I love sleeping on couches. Couches are so comfy. I'm almost yeah. 18. So technically I could just, you know, leave. I don't even have to ask. <laughs> that's wild now wow um, a, little, a little crazy you know yes okay so I feel like how long has it even been since you're on the podcast definitely over a year like a year and a half maybe yeah I was 16 yeah a year and a half I feel like so much has happened in your life and I guess I, mine too gosh dude this has been the biggest growth period this past like year and a half for me so I am a completely different person than the last time I was on your podcast. Like I, I think it was today. I was like, I should listen to it just so I get a general idea of what that Amber was like the last time I was on the podcast. And I made it through about 30 seconds and I was like, Oh, can't do it. I cannot listen to my voice any longer. I am done. Like cannot listen to her speak. (laughs) Yeah, I can't listen to any of the podcasts that I've ever been on because I'm like, I don't want to know what I said. I really don't hear it. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Um, I, I literally don't even remember what we talked about on that podcast. I don't. I we talked about bananas. We did. Oh, we yeah. were talking about like the ripeness debate. Yes. Yeah. I remember, I remember that. that. That's about all I remember. That's um, <laughs> so this is good. Maybe there'll be some repeat stuff, but it's... Hey, but it's a fresh new Amber, different mindset, different everything, you know? Okay. Well, I'm curious then. So how do you, how have you changed over the last year and a half? Like give us a, give us a general... Okay, well, actually first, if people don't know who you are, if they're listening, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Yes. So my name is Amber Scholes, also Amber Runs on Instagram. I have a YouTube and an Instagram where I post a lot about like 
mental health in athletes and as well as my just running journey. And yeah. Okay. Well, now that people know who you are, <laughs> I feel like so many people already do know who you are. I'm a senior in high school. I feel like that's kind of important too. Senior yeah. in high school, about to go to college soon. Yeah. I literally think of Amber as like my little mini me. Like anytime I just Aww. see you on social media, I'm like, you <laughs> just- compliment. That well, is we a kinda like, compliment. Okay, stop. Okay, we kind of look the same, though. Like, we have blonde hair. Okay, well, I have been staring at your hair. I'm like, our hair looks so similar right now, to be I, honest. Yeah, it really I, does. Mine's I need in to a get bun. I need to get mine dyed because it's growing out so much, my natural color. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're probably a lot shorter than me, I would say. Like, I look at all these pictures of you compared to everyone else, uh, and you're so, you're so small. Like, you're so short. How tall are you? 5'3". Okay. I guess I'm actually not that short. I mean, I'm 5'11", so we would look very different. Yeah. So those pictures that I always put with my friends, they're like both almost six foot. (laughs) Okay. So that's why I I guess I was like, are you like five feet tall? But I mean, five threes, I guess, isn't that much taller. It's not that much difference. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That makes sense though. I'm like, okay. So that's how we would look in a picture is I would be towering over you. The picture is going to happen one day. It will happen one day. I don't doubt that at all. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm curious. Like I said before, give us a life update. Like, how have you been over the last year and a half? You say that you're a completely different person. I am. Which isn't, isn't that crazy because high school, you just you change a lot every year. So, yeah. yeah, just give us the update. Well, when I was last on the podcast, it was kind of like, honestly, the beginning of my kind of finding myself journey, I guess I could say, because it was like, gosh, the very beginning of kind of like my recovery through um, my eating disorder and everything like that. And once that happened, I started to find, you know, my old personality again, and like my craziness and just like my zest for life and spontaneousness, which when I was stuck in my eating disorder, like I didn't have. So I was still kind of that amber and I was finding myself and I was finally getting the mindset but not still fully like living it if that makes sense and oh gosh since then it's just like my whole entire mindset just towards life and everything in general has just changed so so much I've had so many races since then too went through my injury mental health identity crisis that I went through when I got injured and had to kind of find myself out of my sport, you know, that has all been a huge change in the past year and a half. That sounds like a lot, but honestly, I think it's good to go through in high school. I mean, nothing's good to like really go through, but like it, especially the injury part, it's good to kind of, I guess, find your identity outside of athletics at a younger age, because if you, if you're never injured and then all of a sudden, maybe you go to college and then you get injured for years, it's, I think it's a lot harder. I think it's a lot harder of a setting because you have more pressure on you to absolutely. Yeah. So, and this made me kind of like stop and take a step back and really just look at what more to life there was than just running and like more to myself than just running. And it kind of let my body heal from all the damage that I had put it through when I was in my eating disorder. And I, cause you know, I never stopped running. Like I kept running. I ran a lot. So this time when I was injured, I was like, okay, now it's time to let my body heal. Let my body recover. I got my period, which I immediately texted you. I think you were the first person I texted <laughs> when I got it. I was like, Emma! <laughs> I was so happy. And I was like, very, oh. I mean, it made me very happy that you texted yeah. me because I always first like to see people's like journey through amenorrhea or 
primary amenorrhea, which is what I had. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was very happy for you. I was like living vicariously through you because it was not that long ago that I got mine for the first time. And I know how exciting it is. Like, especially when you just feel like you should be getting it and then you feel like you're doing everything right and you don't get it. And And then still not there. Exactly. I I texted you before I even texted my mom. (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh, Emma, I need to tell her. Cause I remember I had messaged you and I was like, what do I do? Like, I don't know what to do. Do you have any tips? Do you have any tricks? Like, what do I do? And, you know, I think just consistency is what helps me so much. And then taking that time off of running, kind of being forced to obviously with my injury, like that just made a huge difference. And I've always been super low mileage anyways, done like 20 miles at most kind of thing. So I've always been super low mileage, which I also think is really, really helpful. Yeah, for me, I mean, it took seven months completely off, but that was after college. So, and everyone is so different and it's, yeah. it's so hard to prescribe someone a way to get their period. Like it's, I, I just, I always recommend just lo- lowering the amount you're exercising and increasing the amount that you're eating. Yeah, definitely exactly. will help make a difference. But it, for me, it was definitely... Yeah. And patience. Like you have to be patient. You can't think you can't wake up every day. I mean, like it's today the day that I'm going to get my period. Like if you think the guy is going to take forever, what's that TikTok? What's the TikTok sound? It's like, if you stare at the clock, I don't have TikTok. Oh, uh, what? I thought you yeah, did. I, I deleted it like three times oh. and now I haven't had it for months. I'm like okay. anti TikTok. Okay. Honestly, it's for the best thing. Cause it's such a big time suck and I need to spend less time on it, but <laughs> there's like some, it's like, if you stare at the clock, it's like going to take a while. I don't know. And that's oh. like, it, it was just some TikTok sound. I feel like I've actually heard that before. Yeah. I'm also anti-Strava. I don't like Strava either. And I still, I, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on Strava, <laughs> but I go through phases where I'm like, no, I can't do this. Like I just, oh. it's kind of weird. I just don't really like, first of all, I don't really care to look at what other people are doing with their workouts and then I also don't like that people are seeing what I do every day exactly so I don't really know I have it I like have these platforms because I feel like I need to for some reason yeah my own head but I don't like I can delete exactly if I want to but then I have really extreme fear of missing out (laughs) FOMO yeah I have like FOMO (laughs) not being on TikTok and on I mean not really on Strava I only do Strava to like please others I mean Instagram has reels though so you can just you can see the reels and catch up on through there I feel like TikTok's a little bit more toxic. And then Strava, I, like, I, there's no reason for me to be on Strava. People would see my seven miles, especially this season. I literally was just biking easy and then ran. It was so bad. I remember I raced, I was racing one weekend and I looked at my watch and I like looked at how many miles this, the week I did. And I told my coach, I'm like, oh, I just hit seven miles for the week. And they're like, oh my God, this was like in the middle of our season. It, oh, it wasn't even like championships or anything. It was just, yeah (laughs) well you gotta do what you gotta do to take care of yourself you know exactly yeah I had to do that for my injury and again like I'm so thankful I did that so yeah so what were you injured with so I'm currently still injured uh last year I guess I could just update on that whole story Mm -hmm. because that was a lot um flashback all the way back to junior year of cross country um I was finally just like recovering from my eating disorder. Like I had said, I was finally eating a lot and feeling better than ever. And I was running faster than ever. It was our first race. I PR'd in the 5k by like 12 seconds. I got a 1744. So, you know, that race, I was like, oh my gosh, like this just proves that like fueling yourself makes the biggest difference. And 
I was so much more happy. I was finally finding myself again and, you know, finding the joy of running. And two more races later, still the beginning of our season, I had done like an eight mile tempo run or something crazy. It was some crazy workout. And I went probably too fast and I pushed myself a bit. And we don't know if this is what kind of like triggered my injury or not, but it's kind of started hurting after that. And it's my gracilis muscle. So it's like the inner thigh uh, was just really hurting. And I strained that whole muscle. This was four weeks before states. It takes four weeks for a muscle strain to heal. So it was kind of like a, well, I guess I'm just going to cross train up until states. And I went to my doctor. We did pretty much everything that we could to try and just get me to be able to race at states, even if I was just doing biking, some swimming during those four weeks and just try and keep as much fitness as I could. And the problem was, is that a lot of the cross training that I was doing was also irritating my leg. So I had to kind of like tone it down a lot. And I feel like so many athletes kind of get that wrong. It's like, oh, just cross train really hard. But like, sometimes you can make it worse by cross training. Well, like, especially if it's like lot. the inner thigh muscle, like I feel like almost Everything every cross training exercise would hurt it other than like swimming maybe. Yeah. And even swimming, like I didn't have a buoy to use. So I was like having to try to just use my arms and let my legs float. Okay, not, that's like, like does not like, work <laughs> if you don't kick your legs are just gonna sink every time so bad <laughs> so I had to stop swimming and then I was just doing the elliptical and biking and then like some walking and it was like three days before state and I got to do my first run in the past like four weeks and I knew I was gonna be racing state so it was like the night before state and I'm like calling my doctor I'm like uh do I race? He's like, we've done everything that we can to get your leg to where it is like, you're fine enough to race. Whatever happens after, like, we'll deal with that after. And so I was like, okay, like I am going to go into this. My goal is to win. Like, I'm just going to give it everything I had. And that's exactly what I did. I ended up winning and it was like a high for the moment until after the race, when I realized like, oh, I'm still dealing with this injury. Like, yeah, I just won this race, but my leg is still not better. And at this point it wasn't a muscle strain anymore. Now it was just nagging pain and it just like was not going away. And that lasted all the way up until now track season. And now I'm in track season. I'm like, okay, the pain is still there. Like my whole leg was now hurting. It wasn't like, did you feel like it was bone or was it like muscle? No, see, and it wasn't bone. It was like the whole muscle. It was like tight and just kept nodding up. And it, it just like, it didn't make sense. Cause I even took like some time off and everything. I started, I was doing strength training. I started seeing a PT. I went to PT for months. I went to a total of like eight doctors for my leg and I was getting, uh, the needles. What is it? Like acupuncture type stuff. Yeah. And they were doing like electrical shocks to it type things. Oh, it was a mess. <laughs> and so mentally I wasn't doing good either because I I wanted to run. Like I know I had so much left in me during like that season that I couldn't, you know, get to because I was dealing with, you know, the injury constantly. So mentally I was just really frustrated. And then I ran my first race for track and I could barely make it around four laps around the track when I did the mile because my pelvis slipped out of place. So (laughs) what? I know. I know. I know. I know. So apparently my glutes were weak. So my pelvis slipped out of place. My pelvis doesn't slip out of place anymore. So we're good. Slipped out of, what is that? (laughs) Like what? (laughs) What 
<laughs> what does that mean? And your so pelvis was- slips out of place. <laughs> yeah. So my pelvis slipped and I was putting so much pressure on my right leg. And so I started seeing my PT. I strengthened my glutes. My um, pelvis started to stay in place so I could like run without it slipping out of place anymore. But now I was still having like the constant pain. So we couldn't figure out what the injury actually was. That's so frustrating. Um, That's like what the difference is between like a muscular, like, I don't know, like bone injuries obviously are horrible because yeah. they hurt so bad, but at but least you know, you know when they're going to get better. Yeah. You know, when they're going to get better and you know what to do to heal them things exactly. like this, it's just, it's the most frustrating type of injury or something muscular. Cause yeah. Cause it's like, you don't, you don't know exactly what it is or what to do to make it better. So exactly, exactly. And so right now, like that's kind of the whole backstory. And I ha- ended up having to sit out of track season. And I, ever since then, I've just been focusing on doing what makes it feel good enough to be able to run because not running is actually making it like makes it worse. I tried that. It doesn't work. So a lot of people always say they're like, why don't you just stop running? Like, that's how it's going to be better. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not always how it works. It's not yeah. like it's a bone injury. Like, yes, if you have a bone injury, please don't be running. <laughs> like you're going to make it worse. But when it comes to something like this, it's no longer a muscle strain. It's mostly imbalances now. And I'm at the point where I can like run and do a lot more stuff. I mean, I raced all season. So I raced more this season than ever before. I just wasn't able to train a lot. Most of my training was just my races. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a very odd season, but without this injury, I wouldn't have, you know, found who I was outside of running and found kind of like my worth outside of running. Cause I feel like I used, no, I don't feel like I know I used to put literally all of my worth into my times and my places. And that's all that mattered to me. Like if I wasn't running at my fastest or at my best, I, I didn't want to be running. Like I didn't want to be racing. I didn't want to be seen by anybody. I didn't want to be on Instagram, nothing. Cause I just felt like that was all of me. And same with my eating story. I felt like my weight, my body, but the food I ate, and then my races, my performance, my times, my places that all defined me. And it, honestly, if it wasn't for my injury, I think I would still very much be in that mindset. And if I was still in that mindset, I, my running career would not have lasted long. Yeah. That's why injuries, it's like, obviously they're horrible, but sometimes it is a blessing in disguise just to majorly. Yeah. Just to like help you in certain ways. Like for me, when I was in high school, I got injured with like minor injuries a lot just because I grew eight inches. So my it was just really, yeah yeah it wasn't not the same but um yeah like my body just changed so much in high school that I was just kind of constantly dealing with like little nags here and there and yeah. for me it really helps me become a good cross trainer like yeah. I just kind of like learned I guess how to not freak out when I'm injured when to stop running and like start yeah. cross training and yeah. when my body feels better and everything so it is definitely a blessing in disguise like it's it's obviously sucks that you can't run like consistently, yeah. but there are definitely pros to it. It's just hard to do it in the moment. Like when you see other people racing and doing what you would want so to do. Hard. Yeah. Especially but it, if like sit out of practice yeah. and, you know, seeing all your friends hanging out and well at like practice and then, you know, racing, you're just like watching, you're like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. 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 But it is, it helps you. It helps you a lot. And yeah. it's and just a weird thing to think about. Yeah. It makes you appreciate the sport so much more too. And, you know, like during that time, I like my coach, when we were going into the season, we knew I was going to have to be focusing on a lot more strength training than I was running, but I was still going to be in the season. So to me, that was like, 
um, when I was still kind of in like the bad mindset, I was like, there's, there's no way I can do that because I'm not going to be performing as well. And it was, I had to make the decision if I wanted to run at all, or if I wanted to sit out and be where I was in track season, where I mentally was in the worst place I've ever been in my entire life. And, you know, having say that when I've gone through like an eating disorder as well, it's like, it says a lot how much my identity was wrapped around, you know, my running and my performance and everything like that. So my coach actually called me. I was, my leg was hurting really bad after practice. And I was just crying to him. I'm like, I I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I, I just feel so bad about myself because I just, I can't run fast. And he was like, Amber, if you can't go out there at a race and just have fun and run easy, then I don't think that you should be able to run at all this season and you can't run this season. So he told me literally just, you have to go out to this race. I don't care what you do, pace your friends, run slow, but you're not allowed to run fast at all whatsoever. And to me, that was like, crazy because I had never done anything like that before I always go out there and I push myself as hard as I can and because that's what I felt like defined me but I ended up doing that race and it ended up being the funnest race of my entire life because I got to pace my friends and I got to help my friends throughout the entire race and just like talk to them remind them to you know work on their form focus on their breathing and that they have more in them and everything and I think that that was like the big shifting moment for me realizing how much more the sport is than just running for places running for time and made me realize how much more I was than that because after the race like you know when you run fast like people come up oh my god like oh my gosh your time was so good good job on winning or whatever like no people were coming up to me they're like that was so nice of you to be there for your team and to you know help them do good and I was like this feels almost better than getting people saying good job for me running fast. And it was just so eye-opening to me. And I'm, you know, that also makes me so thankful for this injury because if it wasn't for that, I would have never done that. And I got to do that multiple times throughout the season. And it no longer was like tearing down my mental capabilities to do it. It was just like, oh yeah, I'm going to go pace my friends. Like this is going to be fun. Yeah. Was your, is your like high school team really good? Like, do you, have you had people over the past couple of years to, kind of train with and compete against, I so guess. Our team, our team is definitely super good. I usually will, um, we won metros districts and regionals. And then we came in fifth at States. States was a little bit of a rough race for us. We were all kind of just dead. <laughs> Except like I died. I didn't even think I was going to finish after the second mile. I was like, I don't think I'm going to finish this race. I ended up finishing surprisingly, but I didn't think I was going to lactic acid. I, I was lactic. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, I've never hurt this bad in my life. And I was like, just going to make a reference to, Oh, this is so mean. <laughs> Cooper tear coming down the home stretch. Oh, and civilized. Yeah, it was so the mean. exact race. It was the exact course that I did it on. I was like, oh, the God, Florida state course. Oh, it was so bad. I was like the wall definitely got it, man. It was so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Props to him though. Like that, honestly, I want that to happen to me one race. Like I know that's a bold statement, but just the grit that it takes to be able to do that. Like I know I don't think I've ever really been that close to being like that, where my legs are giving out. Never. Especially in a cross country race, it's like you see that with marathons because you're literally so depleted and everything. 
But like in a cross country race, I mean, you do see it sometimes, but you don't see it nearly as often. So I at least make it across the line and then I fall. Yeah. 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 That's what most people do. Yeah. That's what happened at state. I was like, I can't stand anymore. This lactic is gone. And I'm like seeing stars. I'm like, oh gosh, this is yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I mean, even just talking to you right now, I feel like I have seen a difference in you, like over the last year and a half, like your perspective yeah. on running and everything. I feel like it's just, you're, you have a lot healthier mindset. And I also feel like you're really going to love college Yeah, because there's so many different aspects. Like, yes, it's really competitive, but also it's just so fun to spend time with your teammates and stuff. And, you know, I don't know what number you're going to be ranked on the team, like going in or anything, or if you're going to be on top seven or anything, but, um, yeah, it's just like, it's such a fun experience to have teammates that are the same capability as you or, there's yeah. going to be people that are better than you and you can look up to them and yeah, be like, I'm really excited for that. Yeah. And like learn from them. And I feel like you're just going to have the best time. And again, like being injured sucks, dealing with all this hardship sucks, but the fact that you're dealing with it when you're younger is going to give you such a better head going into division one running, which can be kind of brutal at times. So yeah. it is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. You'll, you'll even remind yourself of that in college when you get into like that atmosphere. Yeah. And the fact that I went through, um, like my eating disorder and this hard injury just in like high school makes me so confident, like at what's ahead, because I haven't been able to see what I'm capable of actually doing, which is like so exciting. Cause I feel like I've been kind of held back so much. And so I know once I can get healthy and not only healthy physically, but now that I'm healthy mentally and I have my period back, I am, you know, mental health is top tier I'm like I thought it was top tire okay it's so bad I would like watch top her video like, why is she saying it wrong <laughs> so bad I'm physically strong like I'm just so excited to see you know what the future holds and I know that like no matter what happens whether I'm running in the future or not like it's all gonna happen for a reason, it's all going to play out exactly as it should. And I think that that mentality is what's also going to help me become such a good runner too. Yeah. And in college, like there's so many other things that you can do also like, and knowing yourself outside of a runner is so important. I think in college too, just because there is a lot of life outside of running and though it may be, you may be super hyper-focused on it in school. It'll just give you a a better, I guess, grasp of life outside of running, which there definitely is a lot of. And if you go through injuries again, you kind of already have that mindset. And I was the same way. I mean, when I was in high school being injured, it's like, I mean, it was hard being at Oregon. Obviously they're really drilling into you that professional running lifestyle. Like this is the way it is and yeah, or whatever. But I think I would just had a good head on my shoulders because I knew that there was life outside of running though. It has been a struggle for me still, but just going through those injuries, I think has really helped me. So it definitely like the things that you've gone through, they're really going to pay off. And I can tell yeah. from an outsider's perspective that it's going to be very good for you going into university. And I kind of want to talk about like committing to college and everything. Cause that's a huge, yeah. deal. also probably yeah. a huge weight lifted off of your shoulders. Cause I know like senior oh year, God. that's just, it was so probably stressful. the most stressful thing in my entire life contacting yeah. colleges and like looking, Oh, it was, it was a lot. Yeah. So, okay. Take us through the process from like, I guess when you started talking to coaches visits, like, did you visit schools? I know COVID has made it kind of weird, but yeah, yeah, take us through it. So my, I guess mine is a little unique because, you know, junior year, I started talking to a lot of colleges, um, my junior year of cross country. So 
that's the time that I was running and I was like running fast. I wasn't injured. And, um, a lot of coaches were reaching out to me. So I was talking to them and then, you know, after I did state and everything like that, and I sat out of track season, it was almost kind of like, it was just like this cutthroat, like so many coaches stopped talking to me because I was sitting out of track season. I was like, Oh, this is a little concerning. Like I'm, I, I'm not, not fast anymore. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just injured. I'm getting myself better. And, you know, it's really hard talking to a lot of colleges too, especially when you have such a long and story like I do, because mm -hmm. that's kind of like a lot of baggage that can kind of be a little bit, I guess, scary for some colleges. Yeah. A lot of, well, a lot of college coaches don't really know how to handle people that have been running for a really long time Yeah, because it is, it is, I mean, baggage it's, that's a negative, like that's more of a negative. I know, I know. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. I mean, I was also the same way I've been running yeah. since I was a little peewee. So I it's know. just, I mean, it, there's, it's like developmental. I don't know. It's, it's just hard to kind of think about how you're going to develop someone that's been running for so long, but obviously yeah. it's possible. People do it all the time. Yeah. And I got better in college. So it's like, it's possible, but a lot of college coaches get scared of it because yeah. it is a lot to deal with. It is. And, um, I'm always super honest when I talk to coaches, I tell them about my story with an eating disorder. I tell them about all that because if I was going to a team, which I am the team that I'm committed to, like I, could not have like handpicked a better place for me to be at and a better team and everything like that. Like it was just such a beautiful pick. And, um, yeah, oh my God, my dog is barking so loud. <laughs> I need to text my mom and tell her to make him stop. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. I <laughs> barely like, hear it on my end. I, it's like I, in my ear. I'm yeah. Like, you're probably getting distracted. <laughs> okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. I'm just super honest when, um, you know, I was talking with coaches and I would tell them about everything that I had kind of gone through and, you know, come track season, that's when they kind of stopped talking to me a lot. And I started reaching out to more coaches instead of kind of waiting for them to come to me, which I think is super important for people to understand is that like, don't wait for colleges to contact you, you contact them. <laughs> yeah. One of the like, biggest things I think in my recruiting that I did incorrectly was not being aggressive enough and like letting schools know that I really want to be on their team. I kind of just let them come to me and was yeah. like, whatever happens, happens, you know, thought that, that was my mindset too. And I, yeah. then my coach was like, Amber, no, like you got to be on this. Like you need to be messaging coaches because they might not see you. Like there's a lot of athletes that they are looking at. Like you need to show that you want to be a part of that team. And so I started doing my research and my coach had brought up, um, high point university and, you know, I did some research on them. I'm like, okay, wait, this is, this is like a great school. It's like, they had even on their website, like your test scores don't define you. And like, that's something that has always been kind of something that I'm passionate about, not just with test scores, but you know, that mindset also goes along with running and everything like that. So I'm like, I'm going to contact this coach because this seems like a team that I really would want to be a part of. And, you know, he sent me this message back and it was one of the most like thought out messages that I had ever gotten out, like from a, a coach back, usually they're just very vague. And he asked me reasons why I would want to be a part of that team. And I was like, okay, this is, this is like good. He wants to know why I want to be a part of that team. And a lot of coaches, they kind of just are like, oh, fast times. Like, okay, you're fast. Let me have a phone call with you. But like, no, he wanted to know 
why would you want to be a part of this team? Why do you run? What is your purpose? And that really stuck out to me. And I sent him this long message back. I told him about my eating disorder, blah, blah, blah. And then we got a phone call and the phone call, I, I mean, I got goosebumps throughout the whole entire thing because he was talking about how it's not just about the times. It's not just about the places. It's about the team and the relationships that you make with the people, because that's, what's going to make you a better team. That's, what's going to make you a better runner is having those connections and not just hyper-focusing just on, Oh, what's this split or what's, what's your place, what's your time and all that. And he was so open about to me about like my story and he was so open to receiving it and understanding everything that I'd been through and how that actually made me a stronger person that actually made me a stronger runner and that it wasn't baggage. It was actually something that could made me more resilient, more as he uses anti-fragile, not just staying the same through hardships, but being able to grow stronger from them. Yeah. I love that. And like you said, it's, it's very rare that you get a coach, especially in the recruiting process that like, actually, (laughs) this is bad, but like that actually cares. And you can tell that they care because a lot of the time you just kind of know that they're going through the process and kind of weeding out people that they want and what they don't want. So if you have someone and you're able to be honest with them upfront right away and they're accepting of it and they kind of turn it into a positive, like you said, that's basically all that you can ask for. And it's really, it is really rare to find. And I think you did a good job of that. I feel like a lot of people, even me in high school, it's like a lot of people are just, they're so focused on the outward things. Like I'm just, I mean, I'm just thinking of like Oregon as an example. Like, of course, a lot of people want to go to Oregon because of the fancy things, like the cool (laughs) cool uniforms and everything. But at the end of the day, like you really have to prioritize what coach is going to care about you the most and what team you feel like you're actually going to fit to be like a part of. And if the coach sees you as like, going to be a key part of the program because if you're not getting that feel already and if they were just kind of not saying that Oregon does this obviously because I enjoyed my experience at Oregon but like yeah yeah yeah, but like if, if schools in general are just kind of like flaunting the outward stuff at you but not really talking about how you're going to be a key integral part to the program and understanding your story then that's kind of an issue that Exactly. I don't know. It's so hard though, because when you're younger, when you're 17, 18, making it's these hard decisions. to mentally know these things. Yeah, yeah. You know, people don't know these things. I think, I think social media is helpful now though, Very. because at least people are talking about it more, but it's so easy to get consumed by the media and what other people are like posting online. And yeah, I don't know. You just kind of have to take each experience individually and like really think about the program that you're going to join. And if you are going, if your coach wants you to be a contributing factor to it, because it's going to make your experience completely different than just being like a bench warmer on the side of the team. Exactly. And one of the main things for me too, was for the coach to be able to see me as not only an athlete, but as a person, because, you know, if they can see you as a person, they can understand, like, I don't know, maybe one day you're going through something really hard and you're at practice, not them just getting upset with you, but understanding what's wrong and being able to help, being able to help you through that so that you can, you know, grow stronger, not only as a person, but, you know, out on the track and out on the course. That is also so important because like I was saying, a lot of schools, they just pull in a lot of people and you are basically if you're not just, fast. You're done. Yeah. You're no, if you are injured bye. like, you, I see ya. like, you like figure it out and you come back and you'll be good. And again, a lot of these like power schools, like you just have to have a really good head on your shoulder because yeah, 
and again, this is why I'm grateful for my cross training experience. Cause like, I, I kind of knew what to do and everything and like ready to get back up running, but it, it's hard if you, if, if you don't have like a good head on your shoulders and then you're going through long strings of injury in college, like it can be absolutely brutal if you're just another number on the team, because the coach exactly. really thinks about you as a number, not really as a person as a whole. So it seems yeah. like you found such a good fit at yeah. high point. Did you, did you go on a visit there or was it? Just I kind did. Of, yeah, I did. I went on a visit. We toured the campus with the coach. It was one of the funnest experiences I've ever been on. And then I got to stay the night with the team. I got to meet the team. I got to watch them do, you know, their practice. They do a lot of strength training there, which is something that uh, I really love. So yeah, you're, like, a, you're a bodybuilder basically now. <laughs> I, I am practically a bodybuilder. <laughs> and the food there that they have is amazing. Like it, top tie, tier. <laughs> top tire, top tire. <laughs> Top tier food, top tier food, top tier food, S S list, S tier food. What does that mean? Like in the tier lists. Have you seen those? Oh, I saw them from your videos. Yeah. S tier is the highest one. I know what that is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When you were saying that I was saying it wrong and I was like, maybe she's seen my tier list. Yeah. S tier. That's the best that you can get. And it sounds like that's the best food. It's S tier. Yeah. There you go. Did you take any other visits or did you just kind of know after high point? No, well, I had other visits planned. And after I went to high point, I was like the mentality that goes on here and just the energy, like there's no point of me going on any more visits at this point. Like I knew that that was where I belonged. Yeah. A lot of the time, if you know, you know, you know, when you know, you know, like that's just, just how it felt. And plus I love North Carolina and that's where I wanted to go, like somewhere in North Carolina. So everything just seemed to fall into place so perfectly. I was like, that I'm going to question it. Like, I know that this is where I need to be. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm very, I mean, I'm so excited to watch your NCAA career because I feel like you're just getting stronger as the years go on. I'm so excited mentally yeah. and physically. So yeah. Okay. Pardon the brief interruption here. We are going to talk about one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast, which is Gooder. They are $25 active sunglasses for anyone. They're fun. They're lightweight. And they're affordable. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see my super awesome Kitty Hawkers Ray Blockers, which are ones I've been wearing to run in recently. Some may say that they're the best running glasses ever invented, and I would have to agree with that. And they also have really cool names like $9 Pour Over or Freshly Baked Man Buns. I've also got some ones that are named See You at the Party Richer, and (laughs) they just come, they're very cool. And they're all polarized too, which is what I love because the sun is very strong here in San Diego and I need fun polarized glasses that make me look cool and also help protect my eyes while I'm running or I'm cycling or I honestly just wear them. Like I just wore them to CIF San Diego meet this weekend because they're just that great of sunglasses. And they're only $25. Did I mention that? 25 bucks. The frames are snug, lightweight with a comfortable fit to prevent bouncing. So whether you're on a run on a hike or bike they fit and they just stay in place and that's the best thing that you can ask for active sunglasses and they just look really cool and have cool names they are fun fashionable and functional sunglasses that everyone can afford get a few pairs for you and your friends perfect holiday gift i would say and you get 15 percent off with code cold brew at checkout that is 15 percent off and free shipping with the code cold brew at g o o d r.com that is code coldbrew at gooder.com. Now let's get back into the episode with Amber. Sorry, what are you majoring in? So I've changed my mind quite a bit. 
but I was going to do social media and digital communications, but then I decided that I wanted to change that because that's something I can kind of do on my own and figure out on my own if I wanted to. I really want to one day become maybe like a dietitian, nutritionist, something along those lines. But I'm also like a super free spirited type of person. And I like to kind of just like, ah, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's kind of hard to explain. Well, if you want to be like a dietitian, it's just a lot of schooling. Yeah. Yeah. But I um, I want to study their um, physics. What was the name of it? This is this is really bad. Theology. No, 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 no. Physical <laughs> health, physical health and wellness. So I was trying to think of the first word because there was two different majors that I was thinking of doing. It was physical health and wellness because then I can tie that into, you know, um, becoming a dietitian, nutritionist or anything like that. And honestly, I can do anything with that that I really want to do because I plan on continuing to do social media and hopefully professional running one day. Um, so I can kind of just tie that with a lot of the things that I love and enjoy doing. Yeah. And you're so young. You have so many, so much time to figure it out. I have a feeling I'm going to change my mind again. Yeah. A lot of people change their minds. So I'll be, I'll be intrigued to see um, what the path looks like. Podcast number three, we will talk about my change of mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In another year and a half. <laughs> Maybe I become an astronaut. <laughs> oh, whoa. Okay. That's a different path. Hey, you never know. A social media astronaut. Do you there think are- there are like social media influencers that are astronauts? Astronaut influencers? If there's not, I'll be the first. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I could be an Olympian too. Like I can run and train up and then I just come down. I would have my own whole like jersey and everything. I'd be like space. (laughs) (laughs) Mars. Kind of be iconic. Like why is there not a space themed team yet? Why is this not a thing? I don't know. We can brainstorm later. (laughs) We could start a business. Yes. (laughs) This will be my job. I don't need a major. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's build a rocket. <laughs> let's do it. I majored in business, so I don't know anything about science. So that's okay. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you can you can make that your major, and you can learn the science part, and I'll I'll I know the business part. This is such a good plan, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we know it all. Why am I getting a phone call? Decline. Sorry. That's Sorry. my ringtone. Um, that was weird. Why is that? <laughs> it's okay. My mom was texting me. Okay. Um, well, I kind of want to talk about the NIL stuff because that's so different than when I was in school. So, uh, kind of a ripoff now that everyone. I was about to say, I'm like, wow, thanks. No, I really, I I wouldn't have made any money until maybe like six months of my senior year. And that's probably wouldn't have been money though. Still would have made some. Yeah. Money is money. would have paid my rent, you know? Um, (laughs) last six months. Yeah, exactly. So what is that? Like, how does that look like for you? Like, what's, do you have it? Cause like, I mean, you have a big platform. Are you doing anything with it? Like when, when, I don't even know what the rules really are. Yeah. So I don't, I haven't looked too much into the rules, like too much. Like I know most of the rules. My coach knows a lot of the rules, especially, but I'm pretty sure nothing really changes until I actually get into college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't really, nothing's really changed right now for me, but obviously like I'm going to be partnering with like Artican and stuff once I actually um, can when I actually enter uh, college, but yeah, no, that's something that I'm super excited for, like beyond excited for. <laughs> yeah, that'll be so fun. It just that's like a whole business thing that you can do yeah. on top. But that's going to be you're going to be so busy. But so I'm hoping to be doing like you know YouTube, working with different companies and stuff like that, and kind of making that my way of making money and stuff. 
Yeah, that that will be so fun. I wish that was a thing. And I know. Oh man, I wish I started my YouTube channel earlier. I just like had no idea, obviously, and I had no idea it was going to turn into an actual thing. I know. Yeah, but it's so fun, and it is so fun. Yeah, I think you're going to have the best time. I need to learn to love editing a little bit more. Like I keep being asked by so many people, they're like, Amber, post your vlog, post the vlogs, post the vlogs. I'm like, I barely have any space on my computer to download all of the videos that I have. Yeah. You gotta, (laughs) well, you said that you, I think the last time we talked, you didn't even have a MacBook maybe. Yeah. And I have one now I'm using it. It was okay. There you go. Exciting times. I still run out of space so fast. And then I dropped my phone in the water and I lost 60,000 photos and 2000 videos. 60 is geez. And I had 80,000 photos, but I deleted 20,000 of them. That's so many photos. And then I lost, well, I have zero now. Well, not zero. I probably have like already. Oh, it's my lucky number. It's four, four, four. Happy four, four, four. There you go. I say that every day. If I see it at least. Oh my God. That's my lucky number as well. Well, four is my lucky number. You should make it four, four. It's even, it's double luckiness. That is true. <laughs> no one says like, oh, what's your lucky number? Like 44. I do. Well, okay. One, that makes one. I feel like it's a single number, you know, but maybe because I will say eight, because then eight divided by two is four. Four. That is true. <laughs> Not that people ask me what my lucky number is ever anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I ask people that all the time. Yeah, but I feel like that's more of like a high school call. Like it's just kind I of a school I am, thing. I am a high school. <laughs> yeah, it's like Oh, what's your lucky number? Like, I don't, I don't even know. I just, no one now that I'm 25 is like, Hey, Emma, what's your lucky number? 25. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't want this to take up too much of your time, but I I have all the time in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'll just have to come on for a third, fourth and fifth and seventh time on the podcast. Honestly, I'm for it. Yeah. We can just become (laughs) co-hosts. Co-hosts with Emma and her mini me. Oh my gosh, we should do it with Craig Ingalls. Yes. <laughs> Craig! Oh I'm my goodness. And everything. Does Craig know that you're obsessed him. with him? I've DM'd him quite a few times. So I, I feel like yes. Does he, he DM back? On Instagram. Yeah, he did. Okay. He did respond back. Sometimes he doesn't though. Yeah. He's a busy man. He's a busy man. I don't man. blame him. I wouldn't respond to me either. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked to Craig in a minute, actually. I need to. Maybe I'll shoot him a text saying that you say hi. You should. Please, please do. Tell him to listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I honestly kind of want him on my podcast again. I'll have we to hit him up. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, all three of us having the, we can have a podcast episode together. That would be the weirdest trio ever. It would be an adventure to say. It would please. be. It would... I don't even know what he would talk about. Me neither. You I'd ask him about his RV. <laughs> I think he would be really uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. I feel like he would. It would have to be like a YouTube video where we were doing something. Yeah, that would be fun. That actually would be so fun. Yeah, we we'll, we'll, bra- we'll brainstorm. We'll brainstorm. I'll brainstorm. let him know. I'll, yeah. I'll keep I'll keep him updated. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I want to ask some listener questions just oh, yeah. for, you know, to cover all the bases. Yeah. All of them. Someone asked, what is your daily routine? Oh, my daily routine. Oh gosh. Well, every day is different. I guess we'll, we'll go to a morning practice season daily routine. So I wake up at 4am. Why? (laughs) We have 5am practice. (laughs) 
So I have to wake up an hour before because I have to do all of my stretches. And okay, my well, yeah, that okay, that makes sense now. Yeah, but yeah. that's absurd. Having five a.m. practice as a high schooler, at least you'll be ready well, for. It's college. my fault. It's my fault. I texted our coach a long message asking us to do morning practice so that I, we would have time after school to do everything else. And they so said, "Yeah." What you're saying here, I'm interpreting this as your teammates hate you. Okay, no, they hated me the first week, but then they loved me after that because it was the best thing we ever did. Because okay. we did Florida, hundred yeah. and something degrees after school. We would rather wake up at four a.m. To be completely honest, yeah, that does make sense. I need to factor the heat and humidity into the equation. Yes, with that four a.m. practice, fantastic. So wake, I mean five a.m. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> they wake up at four a.m. I immediately go downstairs and I make my breakfast. Pre-run breakfast is usually like some sort of smoothie bowl with uh, tons of different like seeds, peanut butter, cereal. I'm a cereal fanatic, fanatic, uh, Trader Joe's, Joe's O's. Fantastic. Highly suggest. And then I go do all of my stretches. I go to practice. I go to school, maybe bring a watermelon to school, which I've done multiple times. It's quite a fun. I, I would recommend <laughs> You should, a whole on I, watermelon? Yes, I'll send you a picture. Like a mini or a regular? No, like I brought a whole watermelon. And I just walked around with it the whole day, just for fun. Oh, you didn't I, eat it? No, I just brought it to school, just for fun. I like to do things. <laughs> I like to do things to make people laugh, to make them happy throughout the day. Because I swear, people take life way too seriously. So it's kind of like what I live by. I just kind of like doing crazy, spontaneous things to make people just like, well, and myself, just kind of realize like life is not so serious. Just kind of laugh. Just have fun. Okay. So next, so next I'll be bringing bananas to school and I'm going to hand them out to everybody. Um, it's a plan that I've had for a while. Probably next week, I would say. Um, but yeah, and then I go to practice. No. And then I go to school. Then after school, I will usually go and get in a lift because, you know, we got to get the gains. Then I come home, do my homework and eat dinner. And yeah. What time do you go to bed if you wake up at four? Eight to, yeah, around eight. Eight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I go to bed pretty early. (laughs) Some of my friends go to bed at seven something. What? I mean, I guess it makes sense. At least you're getting in your eight hours. I really do my best to get in my eight hours. If I don't get in the eight hours, I cannot function. Yeah. Or extra crazy than I already am. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) You got to keep that same attitude going to college because you need sleep. Sleep is crucial. And for for injuries, sleep is a very big deal. Sleep, eating enough, both so important. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next question. How do you deal with race day nerves? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So I used to cry before every single race that I did. Like I'm talking, I have visual memories of me sitting in a porter potty, bawling my eyes out. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to stop you right there. If (laughs) that's, it's so common, which is kind of crazy. I'm, but I'm just saying right now, if you cry before every race that you run, that's a big red flag and you need to address it because that's not really normal. Like you should not be doing that. No. It's if you're, if you're spending that much, if you're exerting that much energy, like emotional energy before the race even starts, it's, it's just going to drain you Yeah, it's exactly. Drain you for the race. So, and I think that goes back to tying your kind of worth and identity into that too, because like, for me, I would get so stressed because I was like, what if I have a bad race? What if all of this stuff happens? But like, at the end of the day, 
who cares? It's like, just running. <laughs> it's just running. Like you can have your goals, have your goals, work to your goals. And if, if the race doesn't go like as planned, like sure you, you can be upset, but you can't let that, you know, linger, let that just make you stronger and take what you can from that race. If it went bad and apply that to your next race to help you get better. <clears throat> I think that's just like so important for me. Like I used to not really think about that. If I had a bad race, like I had a bad race and you know, that defined me, but instead like thinking of it as each race is a lesson to, you know, get better. And I think that that mindset has completely changed have me having so much pre-race nerves. And to be honest, like I don't get that nervous before races because I have so much confidence in my ability to be able to just give it what I have for that day. And no matter what I have for that day, like if I do bad, I do bad. If I do good, I do good. Like I'm just going to give it what I have. And what I have is what I have. That's the perfect answer to that question. That's like the ultimate mindset switch that you just need to have if you're freaking out before a race. Yeah. Cause I realize it's not the end of the world. I'm more like excited. I'm like, okay, I'm a little nervous because I know I'm about to feel a lot of pain, but I'm also really, really excited for this. Yeah. Once you take like the anxiety out of the outcome, that's when it gets better. Like you're allowed to be nervous. Obviously I, you should be nervous because it helps give you adrenaline, but don't yeah. be so nervous to the point of like, especially with the outcome, like yeah. I have to win this or my, like my life depends on yeah making this, like qualifying to this, doing this, like just go out there and give your best. And if you have yeah. that attitude, like it's going to get a lot better and it's, it's like, easier. To, you have to keep practicing it. Like you can't just yeah, kind of yeah. flip the switch. You got to keep working on it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like we're literally on a floating rock. If you don't do that great at a race, like it's fine. You're yeah. going to be okay. Learn from it. Move on. Yeah. And Next everyone time. has bad races. So not every race is good. Bad races. Like you have to have bad races to have the good ones. Yep. Exactly. Um, okay. What keeps you motivated to stay in recovery when things are tough? Gosh. Um, yeah. What helps me stay motivated to stay in recovery is just the life that I have gained from being in recovery. Because when I was, you know, wrapped up in my eating disorder, my whole life revolved around food and exercise. I isolated myself from all of my friends. And, you know, it's, it's a really open conversation that me and my friends have, like probably every day we're always talking about, Oh, like old Amber, like, we're so glad you're not like her anymore. Just because I, you know, I hang out with them all the time. I'm spontaneous. I do fun things and I'm not in a constant, like, zoned in focus on, okay, when am I going to eat next? When am I going to exercise next? When am I going to do this? And, you know, recovery has opened me up to like this whole new world of just kind of freedom. And that's what keeps me motivated to keep going is how much fun life is once I'm not so fixated on the things that don't really matter. I love that. I love that. Um, okay. One of the other questions is, do you feel a big responsibility now that you have an audience? Actually, yes, honestly, I do. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, though, too, because at the same time, like I love doing social media. I love posting on YouTube. I love posting on Instagram. But, you know, like this is my senior year right now. And a lot of people ask why I don't like post on YouTube and um, stuff like that as much. And it's honestly just because, like, I'm trying so hard just to take in every single second of my senior year and just be as present as possible. And, you know, sometimes like my 
team loves when I film them. My team loves when I have the camera in their faces and everything like that. And, but sometimes that can take away from being the actual moment. So this season I was kind of like, I, I want to vlog, but at the same time, I would rather just be in the moment and have fun, be with my teammates and post on my Instagram, have fun with that, but not put so much pressure on myself. Um, but at the same time, like, yes, I do feel a lot of like, I kind of pressure to post, but I'm also thankful for it because I love doing it so much. And I love to know that other people love it too, and that they want to watch my stuff and, you know, senior year won't last forever. And I will start posting a lot more. Soon. Yeah. But it's good that you recognize that, that you want to like actually enjoy the moment. Cause it can get easy, like to get wrapped into it, especially when you feel like people literally messaging you being like, post the vlog. Oh, people are telling me to tell you to post the vlog. Like, <laughs> So obvious. I mean, it's just, it's a mature way of going about it being like, no, I kind of want to just like focus on my actual life, not social media for a little while. And exactly. I mean, you can't, it's like, you can find the balance of living your life and doing social media, but sometimes it's just nice to step away and not yeah. film everything. <laughs> exactly. And I think like I went through this phase where I was kind of just focused on social media a lot too. And so this kind of phase where I'm just kind of focusing on more life and then I'll be able to find the balance of the two. Mm-hmm. That's sure. a good way to good way to go about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Two more things. Do you have any like role models or favorite people to follow on social media that you like Gosh. look up to or. Um, well, uh, there's this girl, her name's Emma Abrahamson. Okay. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Honestly, I look up to so many different runners and not just runners, but like people just in general. Um, I wouldn't really say there's anybody specific to be completely honest. Craig Ingalls, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, though, I love like the runners that just like just in general, the runners that share their story and the things that they've gone through and just like helping other people throughout along the way. But honestly, no, I don't really have any specific runners. Like that sounds so bad, but I just like, I don't. No, it's okay. I don't have any either. So <laughs> yeah, like people ask me that all the time. I'm like, I honestly, I don't really know. Like, yeah, I don't like, it's just weird to say, I feel like I don't really have any like role models. That's so bad. That sounds dumb. It's just like a general, like all the people, like if you. Yeah. Anyone I follow, I enjoy, like, exactly. I feel like I get something out of it. If I don't, I unfollow them because I'm like, okay, useless, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, but I don't get like attached, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I don't get attached. I'm like, (gasps) (gasps) yeah, I don't know. (laughs) People like are just get obsessed with social media, but maybe it's because we are also social media people. Maybe Maybe I just, that's why it might be because now I'm like, I I mean, I think of me and it's like, I'm just a regular person, you know? And so all these other people are just regular people or other runners. I'm like, these people are were my teammates a lot of yeah. the time. Like a lot of like, yeah. the I'm like these people I race against, these people yep. are teammates. These people are friends. I'm not going to be like, oh my goodness. Like I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Carissa Schweitzer. Like that would yeah, be so that weird. Was, I was her roommate. That's so know? weird. <laughs> yeah. That would be unusual, but I do love Carissa exactly. as my friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But obviously, I mean, I look up to a lot of my friends in different ways, but it's the same thing. Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. The last I'm question. I'm the same on that one. Yeah, we are. We are the same on that. Um, the last question I have is, do you have any advice to your younger self? Oh, gosh. Yes. Okay. I have a lot of advice to my younger self. My, 
advice to my younger self is to stop focusing on all the small things. And like I said before, just to understand that life isn't as serious as it seems and wasting your time, you know, so fixated on looking a certain way and trying to conform to, you know, what society wants you to be both in, you know, like your personality and looks is just, it's going to take away from your life and you're going to miss out on a lot of experience if you keep doing that. But yeah, honestly, just live in the moment and know that there is so much more than to who you are than just your performance and your time. I love that. Yeah. Amber, you are wise beyond your words. Even yeah. though you're young, I feel like I've just seen your growth over the years and it's pretty cool just to watch your journey and stuff. So Thank I'm sure. You. Yeah. I'm excited to see like your NCAA career and everything. And I think you'll have so much fun. I'm very excited. It's a very exciting time of your life and senior year is too. It is. It's very fun, but there's yeah. a lot of exciting things to come too. Yeah. Well, thank especially you so much for coming injury. on. Yeah, what? of course. I was going to say, especially once this injury gets better, yeah. I'm, ready, like, I'm ready to go. It's like these chains are holding me, but as soon as they let go, like, whoo, there's no stopping me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll have time and you will, you're doing all the right yeah. things. Like the injury will heal and you'll be back on your feet in every- no time. Um, well, I'm sure literally everyone listening to this, I say this every single time, but I'm literally in positive, probably 95% of people listening to this already follow you, but where can people <laughs> follow you if they don't? You can follow me on my YouTube, which is just, I guess, Amber Shoals, like, uh, yeah, Amber Shoals and my Instagram, Amber Runs. I also have a food Instagram, which is Amber Runs Foods. And that is with a Z. There you go. And everything will be linked. Yes. In the show. Well, thank you so much for coming on. The last thing we got to have you do is to give us a good old peace out, fellas. So I am ready. Peace out, fellas. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Commas of a Cold Brew with Amber. Always good time chatting to my little mini me. She is so much ahead of her. And honestly, I just feel like she's a very mature high schooler. So it was really fun to chat with her. And hopefully you guys learn something from her and you go give her a follow. But don't forget to follow us too on Instagram at Commas of a Cold Brew Pod if you want to be up to date and submit listener questions to the show. And I'm also, also taking podcast guest recommendations because... I feel like I've done a ton of podcasts with a lot of people in the running world, but who do you guys want to hear from? Let me know in my Instagram DMs. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps me out so much. I cannot thank you enough if you have submitted a review. And I also just love reading them. It seriously makes my day and keeps me going with this podcast. It keeps me consistent. I just love hearing from you guys and I appreciate it a lot. So thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next week. Peace out, fellas.